should actually start the show properly again. I think so. You just say, ah, fuck, who knows? No, just, I think you should do it off the cuff and just continue on. It'll be like, this is part two, kind of. Like, episode, the next episode, part two. All right, well, you heard it from Matt. This is uh, <laughs> the next episode. I, I mean, this is, uh, this is what's going in the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. This is the next episode, part two, as said by Matt Jaguer. Uh, for Gamers on the Go's uh, Game Year in Review 2013 extravaganza. Uh, Hello, thanks for listening. Go back and listen to the first episode if you're skipping that one. Yeah, you're missing the, the good stuff. That's the 3DS yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> now you, you can play games that you, yeah, you, can, you can actually listen to games that you've played yeah, yeah. on the first episode. So I'm continued uh, to be joined by Matt Jaguer and Zach Fleeman. Uh, and I want to uh, thank you guys again for coming on for this. Uh, so now we're going to talk about Vita and iOS. Uh, Zach and I both own uh, all of these systems. And I've played a Vita in the stores. <laughs> and Matt has played a Vita in the stores. How I played Tearaway. That counts, right? You, I played actually, the demo. you are a better, a better Vita owner than most Vita <laughs> owners for just having yep. played Tearaway at all. I, I, I should say I will get a Vita probably just for Tearaway. It is a very... Charming game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't look like there's much uh, depth to it, but uh, throw a lot of meat on the bones. It's just like a lot of pretty colors and a lot of neat ideas. But that seems to be enough, and there seems to be enough on the Vita to you know warrant a purchase now. Yeah, I mean, let's just jump right in, start the show with a showstopper, and talk more about Tearaway. Uh, Zach Fleeman, do you own Tearaway? Not yet. Well, uh, then <laughs> this this podcast is over. <laughs> Can't can't have a conversation like this under these conditions. No, I, I, I will be purchasing that before I go on a huge road trip coming up. All right. Uh, well, like Matt uh, assessed, it, it is going to be a short game. It's it's not very long at all. Uh, I think it does have a little bit of replay value. Uh, it's, it's a game that showcases the Vita hardware better than any other game before. And I feel this game needed to come out... Uh, as a launch title, so people could see, oh, this is what you do with the system. This, these, this is the way I can take advantage of these features: uh, the back touch, the front touch, the accelerometer, the uh, cameras, the front and back cameras. To be fair, though, rare launch games rarely ever take full use of anything a console provides. That's true. And this is the Vita's like second year as a system, right? Uh, e second, third year, second and third. I can't remember. No, second, second in February. Okay. Yeah. Second in February. Okay. So I, I've heard a lot of top men say this is this should be the uh, pack-in game for the Vita. What kind of men? Uh, some other podcast no. people. <laughs> top, top men. Man. Top men. <laughs> um, yeah, I I could see that. Uh, it's. It's a game that leaves a really great first impression, uh, not just of itself, but of the Vita as well. Um, I I had a ton of fun with it. Uh, it's got a fantastic art style. Tearaway, <clears throat> it's a it's an action adventure platformer uh, that's light on that's kind of light on the platforming, more heavy on exploration elements or 
or not even exploration elements, just experience. You just go through that game and let it kind of wash over you. This game is uh, expressing its world, mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Our style helps, but also the ways they use the uh, like the via back touch for like poking into the world on certain points or uh, banging on a drum or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the front screen are like folding, cutting, and the cameras for like placing you into the game. Yeah, it, it's very. It has a lot of inventive and, uh, and experimental ideas within it. Uh, it's a game that takes complete that takes place completely in this papercraft world. Uh, everything is made out of virtual paper, but the people at Media Molecule, known for uh, known for Little Big Planet, uh, they were they were papercrafting these things physically uh, to make sure that they would work in in the game. Wow! Um, wow! I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every single thing in that game is has been physically made out of paper first uh, by Media Molecule. Uh, they. Uh, they would actually fold things and print things out to to bring them in for their concept sections. Uh, there weren't. They would. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there wasn't a whole lot of concept sketching. There not a lot of concept art. They would just bring in these things of like, hey, look at this little model I made. Wouldn't he be cool in the game? And and that's how it worked. Uh, so that all of that stuff feels very genuine uh, because of that. And then they also did a great job, uh, especially with the sound design. It sounds like paper. Uh, as you're walking, it sounds like something going across uh, some piece of construction paper, or you'll you'll really hear like pages being turned or things being crumpled. And it it I, I mentioned it with the the podcast with Patrick Klepek. It's it's very tactile in a way where it feels like a physical thing, even though it's just this this virtual ones and zeros. Uh, it, yeah, it's got a texture behind it. Yeah, I mean, immersive is such a, a dumb word at this point, but uh, you definitely feel like there's something going on there. They, they literally place you in the game, though. That, that's kind <laughs> of... I think immersive is a fair word <laughs> yeah. to use right now. Yeah. They, they do but have... yeah, like, like you're saying, it has a very unique feel to it. Like I mean by texture, it, it has the, you know, expressing that feel and actually giving it some, like, heft to it. Uh, uh, and definitely, it seems like they went the extra mile with how they produced this game, too, and it paid it off. Yeah, I mean, the, the story is really great. I think they, they do a wonderful job of kind of uh, break, breaking the fourth wall, bringing you into the game, and then kind of building a wall around you that, you're, that you as a player are part of this game and part of whatever sort of meta game that's going on. Um, it's, it's just, ah, it's, so, it's fucking delightful. <laughs> yeah, that's what I can't wait. I... I any, if a game like can like charm me in some way, you know, like that. If I can just go like, oh, that was really that was nice. That was a nice thing to do. It's just like what I talked about with the Animal Crossing poses. Like that's just an, an extra step that I was like, oh, that's really charming. If a game does that, I'm sold. Yeah, you'll you'll be sold on this game. It does Good. that very much. Uh, I am unreasonably excited to play this game though. It's my, got that feather. It's tickling my butt. <laughs> I can't wait. And my favorite mechanic is the. I don't like what I just said right now. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not editing it out. I'll tell you that. <laughs> in fact, that that. Might just be under the uh, under the notes for the podcast. Is it's tickling Tickle. my butt. That's better. <laughs> but uh, the my favorite feature is the in-game camera, not the cameras that are on the front or the back of the Vita, but the actual ones uh, that you can. This virtual one in the game that your character's given uh, it works as kind of like an Instagram style thing where you can put on filters or uh, other things that you can uh, purchase within the game, uh, different lenses. 
Here, the selfie. Yeah, I mean, you can you can do selfies, but then you can also take pictures of just things in the world uh, that are really cool. And uh, it has uh, some really great online features where it will uh, you're able to send those photos. You can just tweet out those photos or post them to Facebook or something right from the right from the game, which uh, it, it's great that they ask your permission before you do that. Uh, whereas some of the games might just do that on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we'll, it will also just aggregate all of those in a uh, in like an online cloud storage thing on uh, Tearaway.me, where you can go in and see the photos you've taken. Um, you're able to collect papercraft items in the game, and then when you go to Tearaway.me, they will have like here's here's your papercraft collection, and then you can physically print out those things and then uh, make your own papercraft. Uh, of the characters in the world and the things that you find, and yeah, that that is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice feature. It's one I haven't taken advantage of the actual physical paper crafting, but uh, it's it's something I want to do. Uh, yeah, that I don't know if I heard this on your other podcast with Patrick, but I it does remind me of this. I don't know, you know, playing and I again, I was not. Uh, born when this would happen, but you'd play an Atari game and you'd take a photo of your screen, you'd send it into the company that made that game and if you have a certain high score, they'll send you like a physical badge for playing that. Like, that's so cool. I want that physical aspect of video games to come back. Definitely. Like, even just, like, having Nintendo Power Magazine and sending in your scores and having it physically show up in the magazine yeah, uh, was such a cool feature. And yeah, it, it was before my time as well, but uh, Another age, yeah, or like uh, the the tournament challenge uh, NES games. Uh, those those just seem awesome, and it's something we don't get as much anymore, or even at all. Uh, but I think Tearaway has a way of of making it both convenient and and still fun and interesting. Um, so yeah, Tearaway is the Vita game of the year, uh, hands down. Uh, now, is there anything else on the Vita, or is it just my tearaway machine <laughs> when I get here's, it? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I would like to talk about this, actually. Okay, okay. Um, the game I've played the most on my Vita, I got it uh, for Christmas, actually, last year. And I have had PlayStation Plus, so I played Uncharted on the thing. But that came out, you know, in 2012. It, that doesn't really count. But I've heard it's an all right Uncharted game. It's free on oh, PlayStation Plus. Yeah, it's free and great. I mean, that, that's like... I don't know. Uncharted's a weird series. But is there anything else like to wow me, like Tearaway uh, does? Um, talking this year or in general? Uh, this year or in general? I mean, in, like in general, um, I think another free game on PlayStation Plus is Gravity Rush. Yep. Mm-hmm. If if you like, if it's I've heard it's a different way. Like if you don't like Uncharted, you'll probably like Gravity Rush. Gravity yeah. Rush is actually really impressive. It, it is open world. It's like your open world flying game for Vita. It's Really good, but it's it, it's not exactly my thing, so I didn't play much of it. Yeah, so, I, I haven't played a whole lot of it either. Uh, I would liken it to, and don't take this don't take this the wrong way. Uh, I would liken it to Super Mario Galaxy. Okay, in the way I can see that. that in the way that the gravity does some weird things, and it is kind of a platformer uh, in in some respects where you're exploring the world. It's not. It's not nearly as well executed as 
Galaxy, but it is a cool game. And if you have a Vita, and if you have PlayStation Plus, I mean, it's a it's a no brainer since it's free, and I'm pretty sure it's going to continue to be free, pretty much forever, because uh, that was just one of those first Vita games that left a good impression. I have played a little bit of Gravity Rush, but uh, it didn't really grab me as a game. Like I must own a Vita for this. Uh, but was there anything uh, like this year? That was also must buy, must play. Here's um, here's where I get if you if a Vita is a really great thing if you don't have a PlayStation Three and that it allows you to mm. play some games that will show up on PSN that you just wouldn't have access to in any other way. So it didn't come out this year, but a game like Sound Shapes, I fucking mm. love Sound Shapes. I don't have a PlayStation Three. The Vita was the only way to play <laughs> that, uh, and I think it was a great way of playing that. So something like yeah. that. I would like. I think I like sound shapes better on Vita, but the fidelity of my home, like home audio system, sure, was, that was hooked up to my PS3 mm-hmm. and made that a little bit better. But there's, I don't know, Vita is really interesting. I I will say the definitive version of Hotline Miami, in my opinion, is on Vita. Yep, mm-hmm. I loved playing through that on Vita, and I mean it was good, just a good second playthrough thing, and. I don't know, these things, these games like Hotline Miami and Spelunky, which is my favorite beta game of the year that I've played, I put a lot of hours into Spelunky. So good. So good. I mean, and Spelunky is available basically a lot of other places too, or maybe just Xbox and Steam. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But Spelunky is also on PS3, and I don't think I'd like to play it on PS3. I think I'd prefer it on Vita. There are a lot of games that are on multiple platforms that I absolutely prefer on Vita. Um, even though you can play them other, other, in you know, other platforms, but that's just up to you. Yeah, I was going to talk about this later, but I think it just it, it, we've gotten into it, and I feel like it's it's relevant. Let's talk about these kind of great ports that came out this year. And if you're a Vita owner, you know you're not getting a ton of great original title titles. You you did get Tearaway, which is absolutely fantastic, but this system is one of playing games that you've played before in a even maybe a slightly better way. Or playing games that you didn't have access to, um, and you get that portable experience, and that that yeah. that's worth its own weight too. So, so games yeah. like Hotline Miami, games like Spelunky, games like Thomas Was Alone, uh, Muramasa Rebirth. Uh, I never played Muramasa on the Wii, and I absolutely loved playing it on the Vita. It it was one of my favorite games this year, but I, I just don't feel like I can count that because it's a game that was yeah. many years ago. That's a hack and slash, right? Yeah, uh, it's a vanillaware okay. hack and slash game. Uh, I actually didn't play Dragon's Crown. Uh, I, I, it's just it's a little too expensive uh, right now. Uh, I might get it eventually, but uh, it, it's made by those vanillaware guys, and they just make some fantastic looking games. Mm. And in the case of Muramasa, fantastic playing games as well. Uh, they're actually just about to come out with some DLC for that that opens up a third story. Uh, in in Rebirth, uh, you can play as two different characters that each have their own unique stories and own unique uh, weapons and things they can get. And they're bringing out a third character that just it'll it'll feel like adding an entire third to that game. Uh, so I can't yeah. wait for that. A good way to see the Vita, and I, not I think I'm maybe just trying to justify my ownership <laughs> of it. But well, that's that's totally fine too. I mean, yeah. Another good way I see the Vita is it's almost my portable steam console as weird as that sounds no i totally get that i i, t- I totally get that too because the other thing like i kind of want to get a Vita, but there's the grasping there's not a lot of original to play on that is kind of that like when i have a very usable pc that can play all these pretty much the same games on the vita i'm pretty much buying 
a very good portable system, like hardware wise. Just yeah, uh, a whole lot original to play on it. Yeah, I hated on it a little bit, but then I it was just like, oh, there's this bundle for like I think I got it for like 170, and that was with the Assassin's Creed game that mm-hmm. I didn't care about, so I just sold that. So I essentially got like a Vita for 140 dollars, which was really neat. Did you get a white Vita? I did. That a boy. Yeah. White Vita forever. That a boy. Yeah, it's that thing. It looks so slick, but. Um, as soon as I sat down with it for a long time, I was like, or not even a long time, I just started up Uncharted on it, and it looked beautiful and everything, and I was really engaged by it. I just went to a coffee shop right next to my apartment uh, like three days in a row and just played through that game, and I was like, wow, I am I am loving what is going on in my hands right now, which I say every night by myself, <laughs> crying. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I love the idea of Steam. I have a number of Steam games, but I don't like playing games on a PC, or I don't like playing games on my Mac, uh, plus I'm playing on a You get yourself a PC, Back Chase. Back. I know I should, but I just don't like... I, I don't like mouse and keyboard controls, and I don't like going jumping through a bunch of hoops to do gamepad support. And uh, it's not so bad. I'm, I'm sure it's not so bad, but it's also not popping a game into the Vita and just playing. And the Vita has just feels like a great system. It has uh, great buttons and great controls, and even though the back touch is a little uh, spotty, uh, it's not used for most games, so it's fine. But It definitely feels like a step up from the PSP, that's for sure. It, it helps that they don't use UMD anymore to load everything, and, I'm, and I'm, you're waiting around forever. I think one of the games I'm most looking forward to next year is... Rogue Legacy, a game I could play right now. <laughs> I could play that game right now. I could just what are you waiting for? I could buy it. I could play it, and everything would be fine. Or I could buy a PS3, and I could go on PSN, and I could buy it, and I could play it immediately, and have a great time. I want it on a Vita. I want yep. to take it with me. I did. Ugh, that seems it's coming out there. I, I mean, know. It's... I know it is. I and that's why I haven't bought it anywhere else because I know I'm going to get it eventually. And I I've bought it on Miami Steam. Two is going to come to Vita, and I, I just—it's a great system for these kinds of games. You're getting a Final Fantasy Ten as well soon, and Ten Two. Ten and Ten Two, yeah. I, and I've never played those games before, so maybe I'll, ten is worth I'll actually give Ten a shot, and if I like it, maybe Ten Two. But this time you can take it wherever, so you're not tied to uh, the couch. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Look at your pretty Japanese girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Titus is very dreamy. Oh, you're well, girl. So yeah, so it's no difference. <laughs> right, so yes, we have we have Tearaway, which is a great original game. We have all of these really great ports uh, for PSN. Um, there's there's an overlooked. I feel like there's a very overlooked part of of the Vita's library, though, and that's PlayStation Mobile. Uh, when you go to place uh, when you go to PSN, there's a tab that's PlayStation Mobile, and these are games that you can play on a Vita or on um, some supported Android devices, uh, and then there's also like the Sony Xperia Play, which is a, a phone that is designed with control. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, I don't know if that's still around. I, I guess, or it's it's Man. it's Sony's way of kind of halfway supporting that, but having something that people will actually buy and play, and not just be another separate app store that no one will ever use. Sounds like the rocker from Apple. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, kinda. It's very, it's very. Whoever the phone like, company was back then, yeah, <laughs> they did that with. But uh, but the uh, there are actually some really good games out on PlayStation Mobile. 
Um, in fact, right now, uh, maybe still right now, you can get Super Crate Box for free uh, from Vlambeer. Uh, that didn't come out this year, uh, but that's an amazing game uh, to just have on your Vita anytime you want. Uh, but two games that did come out this year that I absolutely love that were on PlayStation Mobile. One is Rim Capsule, uh, which I did an episode uh, uh, with, um, with its creator earlier in Gamers on the Go. Uh, that, that's just, it's, it's a really well done, uh, real time strategy game, very minimalist. Uh, that sounds very interesting too. I was thinking of picking it up on, uh, my iPhone, but <laughs> when I looked at it, I was like, this is too small to screen. I need an iPad or the, like when I heard it was on Vita, I'm like, that would be a game that seems perfect for the Vita too. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I, it's out on iOS now, so you can totally buy it that way. And that's a completely completely legitimate way to play it uh but i just i love having it on my vita i I think it's a great little game uh and then also tokyo jungle mobile for for somebody who doesn't have a playstation 3 and never got to play the amazing quirkiness of tokyo jungle uh tokyo jungle mobile is the next best thing uh it takes it takes that game from a real-time thing into a turn-based thing Uh, it gives you an isometric view and it still has all the craziness. You, you still start as your little Pomeranian dog. You can still get points to get up to things like Velociraptors and, and <laughs> Tigers and, and other crazy creatures. Everything I hear about this game sounds so ridiculous. I, I need to play it. It is. And it, but it's also a really well-done uh, uh, turn-based game that has some really nice mechanics. It's not just something that's stupid and quirky. It, it has a really good game underneath but you're just playing it with some really quirky uh, flair around it. Um, so that, that's a great game uh, and, and super fun. Uh, I, I've talked about, we talked about before uh, with our 3DS talk that uh, when it comes to games like Fire Emblem, I don't really like the permadeath, uh, but this is a game that is completely roguelike in you don't, you don't save anything after, after you play. You just go in, and if you die, you start all the way from the beginning, but having, but I'm totally okay with the uh, the throwaway nature of a playthrough of Tokyo Jungle Mobile because it feels more like it feels more like a game where you're trying to just get a high score and and post something uh, very much like an older arcade game and <clears> it's it's when you think about it that way it's it's totally fine and I really like it. Um, so if you've ignored PlayStation Mobile uh, till now, I can't blame you. But you should definitely get on it and, and see some really cool games. Uh, there is a lot of shovelware that's also on there, uh, but things are relatively cheap on there, and there are cool there are a couple of cool gems. And especially this month, they're still uh, place, uh, Sony is still doing like a it's kind of like a twelve days of Christmas thing, but I, I, I don't I feel like they're doing things by weeks instead. Of by days. <laughs> So I, I have no idea. This whole week's of Christmas, okay. It's, it's some holiday holiday giveaway where they're just making two PlayStation Mobile games free each week, and you can just go download them. Um, so that's been that's been pretty cool. So go play those games. Um, let's see more more Vita games. Uh, I didn't buy Soul Sacrifice when it came out. Uh, which is kind of the Vita's uh, answer to Monster Hunter, since uh, since the 3DS was able to pick up Monster Hunter uh, 3 Ultimate Edition. Uh, Sony kind of just had to find something that was like Monster Hunter, and they found Soul Sacrifice. Um, 
I, I, I so I didn't buy it originally, but I kind of had a feeling that it was going to go either way on sale or free on PlayStation Plus, and lo and behold, it did uh, just a few weeks ago. <laughs> and so I, I've been playing a little bit of that. I think that's a solid game. Uh, it's it's very much like a Monster Hunter game in that you're going to hate it for a very long time at the beginning because it's just you just feel so weak there's nothing there's nothing really to do you're just kind of throwing yourself against some of these monsters uh, but once you get a little further in the game and kind of break through and, and learn what you're supposed to be doing and get a few items that allow you to do some more unique things and customize your character out uh, then the game gets kind of fun and I'm I'm starting to transition into that fun part so I, I need to give it some more time, uh, but it's very. <laughs> I I say this I've said this before on World Aid, but it, it feels very Japanese in just, <laughs> the, in just the way you're kind of tanking around your character. That animations kind of go through the whole way before you can start a new animation. Um, it's it's not very fluid, but it is. It is a it's a it's a good game. I know there's a good game in there. I just need to get to it. Uh, so Soul Sacrifice gotta work for your game, man. <laughs> if if you're a PlayStation Plus member, it's it's totally worth getting while it's free. Um, but uh, it's something something to consider. Um, Zach, did you play anything else on on Vita this year that you want to talk about? No, but there's a few that I just really want to play, like Tearaway, um, Killzone Mercenary. I have a friend that picked that up and he loves it. Is that like a first-person shooter, or is that like the first uh, PlayStation Portable Killzone game? That's like no, it's, it's a full FPS made by Gorilla, I think. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely... It runs the Killzone 3 engine, and it's supposed to be really great, but I just... Are they... Are they uh, sorry for interrupting, but are they actually getting down, like, actually first-person games on the Vita? Like, I heard when they tried doing Call of Duty, didn't turn out so well, and... Well, Resistance and Call of Duty were were terrible and those I mean those were made by the same studio funny enough and they are I think it was nihilistic and they are shut down now like uh, so the first two FPSs on Vita were actually really bad and they um, shit out though like that's yeah they were like oh crap we need to make a first person shooter game and they did that twice in a row and that didn't work out for him which sucks yeah so I think um yeah, I think this is a good one. I mean, like you had a studio that's just really good at making FPS, making FPS for Vita, and it worked out. Because that's the one thing I do want to get a Vita for is like it'd be cool to play a first-person shooter on the go, uh, yeah. but it just they don't that doesn't seem to have been a possibility. Yet. Even with have the you S. played Metroid Prime Hunters? I've played a little bit of Metroid <laughs> Prime Hunters. And I'm kind of meh, even as a huge Metroid fan. Yeah, I Meh. I still love Metroid Prime Hunters, but it's maybe I'll get it in the dollar bin someday. Yeah. But oh boy, yeah, uh, I haven't played any of uh, Killzone, but uh, I I am fascinated by a first person shooter on a Vita uh, if it runs really well. So I might have to look into that. Now, can you play online uh, death matches on that too, or uh, matchmaking system and everything? And like nice. your progress in the first person, and not the first person, the single player game. It levels up your character in the multiplayer and vice versa. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's like this weird system, but it's supposed to be really good. I think it got kind of overlooked. So, well, if I ever get a Vita, I'm definitely gonna check that out because the the idea of playing like a first person shooter in my own bed 
uh, that'd be kind of awesome before going to bed or something like that. And if yeah. you, hey, if you get a PS4, then you have your remote play option. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not quite the same. I need something from the ground up that, you know, <laughs> doesn't use the back touch to emulate a button. True, true. Uh, anything other than uh, Killzone, Zach? No, not really. I mean, I played a lot of the ports. I was looking through the games. I keep a spreadsheet as terribly nerdy as that is of all the games I play in a year. I do the same and, thing. And uh, I, I didn't play really any very many original games for Vita, yeah. as weird as that sounds, but I've had a lot of fun with it <laughs> for what it's worth. We're getting, to a, we're getting to a spot. It's I think this year it's it's a little difficult, but next year I assume it's going to be very difficult to determine kind of what is a handheld game. Um because when we're getting into uh, PS3 and PS4 stuff that have these cross-buy games where they are Vita and PS3 immediately when they come out, um, I'm totally fine with this. Uh, I, I lamented a little bit that uh, it's going to make making the show a little more difficult. But, um, but I think some of these cross-buy games are really interesting. Uh, we, I know we had a Sly Cooper game that came out. Um, I didn't play that, but that was cross-buy. I did. Cross-buy. You like Sly it? Cooper is great. Yeah, in the Vita version, it was the exact same thing, but just pressed down a little bit, and it looked great, and it was played exactly the same, and it was a lot of fun. But again, that was just when I played on PS3 more because that's where I liked my Sly Cooper stuff before. Sure. Um, so I, I didn't play Sly Cooper, but I did play Guacamelee, and I played that on my Vita, uh, even though it's a cross-buy game that you could have played all the way through on PS3 and totally been fine with. Uh, I think I think it was a great Vita game. Uh, kind of that Metroidvania style of game, but it had a really nice art art style to it. Uh, you're put in this world of luchadors that, you know, it's not it's not a topic that gets a lot of video game play. Uh, like, the only other one I can remember is one world of Psychonauts that, that does some velvet painting stuff with luchadors, and that was pretty awesome. Um, but Guacamelee, it's a... It's Psychonauts? A, What's that? Oh, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guacamelee, it's a, it was a super cool game, and just I, I've been notoriously bad at Metroidvania-type games. Uh, I've, I've played... I've actually never played a side-scrolling Castlevania game before. The only one I've played is the first Lords of Shadow, and that is not, that is not a game to uh, base all of Castlevania on. It's not a bad game, but yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's not. It's not a bad game. Yeah, it's no it's Symphony of the Night, Chase. Yeah, I know. I've got Symphony of the Night, and I've got a couple of those DS games, uh, and I think it's, it's no like, Symphony of the Night, Chase. Go on, play that game. I know, I know. I'll get there, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and I've always been shitty at Metroid games. I've, I've never beaten a Metroid game, and I've never really cared to. Um, <sighs> yeah, that's. You know what? How about you have me on when you do whenever you get through Fusion. Just call me whenever, if you ever do. Okay. We did, I did have a podcast on Zero Mission. Which is a really good game. Which but was fun, and I played through a decent amount of that, but I just... You really uh, need to play Fusion. Hell, you need, really need to play Super Metroid. I've got... Fusion was the one that was on the Ambassador program, so I still have it. Oh, so there you go. I should totally, I should totally do that. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I, when <laughs> I get there. Or I'll have you on for Metroid Prime Hunters, and yeah, <laughs> that's a game. You're going to force me to play Hunters, so. That's a game. Uh, anyway, uh, so Guacamelee is, is definitely one of those cool games that if you like those Metroidvania-style games, it, it should be a no-brainer. Uh, and then 
even though I don't like those kinds of games, I still found Guacamelee to be really cool. I think the dialogue they do in there is really great. Uh, there was an article I read about how all the characters in that game are very genuine and flawed. Like, you have these, uh, the enemies who, normally in a game, like, an enemy will just think they're all-powerful, then you fight them and you beat them and then they scoff at you or something like that. But these enemies, like, they're self-conscious. You'll, you'll fight bosses who, who aren't quite sure of themselves, and then when you beat them, you kind of uh, shatter them almost that... that all of their fears were brought to light, and they are really just these shams. So you're a bully, and you you beat them up, well, throw their underwear over their head, give them a swirly, and then take their lunch, lunch money. To be fair, you're dead. So <laughs> um, I don't. Oh, oh, so that's the big excuse. I'm dead. Uh, you're you're so killed. You're killed relatively early in the game, <laughs> and then uh, like this luchador mask kind of brings you back as some spirit. It's been a while since i played. I might be a little sketchy on the details, but... Uh, I heard it's out on Steam, so I, it's one that I do yeah, want to check out. Absolutely. And, and I just think uh, playing it on a Vita with those controls on the go, it's fantastic. It's mm. really well well made for that. Um, I can't think of a whole lot more for Vita. Um, let me check my bigger list here. Uh... Oh, like another cross cross by one is is dive kick. Uh, dive kick. That's that's a that's a great stupid game. Mm. Um, but I, I will. Never, I don't play fighting games, so that game was it's just not. <laughs> I don't get any of the jokes. I don't care about that game. I don't get many of the jokes either. But still, it's just it, it's boiled down to a very simplistic idea of a two button uh, fighting game. And for that, I, I I think it's you know novel enough that. Uh, what is it like? Uh, three bucks on Vita or five bucks on Vita or something like that. It's pretty cheap. Uh, yeah, and, and it's on tons of things now. Um, I, I do want to play it like with their two button controller that they have, just mashing the two giant buttons. That, that yeah, I, yeah. We got to play it at PAX, and that was super fun playing it more or less properly. Uh, the cool thing about the Vita version is that you can have two player mm. local games on one Vita. And because it only takes two buttons, you have one person on X and O, and you have one person on left and down, and those are... So when the Vita TV comes over here, we can just plug in a PlayStation 3 controller and share a controller and play it, right? Maybe. I Honestly, that, that, that probably would work. And that Then would why isn't awesome. this on the PS3 version, then? Oh, God, that's <laughs> a great question. Oh, man, I think you just blew my mind about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be weird. See what happens when the Vita TV comes here. But, it, I mean, it, it turns your Vita into this wishbone of two people holding either side, and the only inevitable thing is just that it will shatter and mm. break because <laughs> uh, people will get angry. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not great at fighting games. I like fighting games. Uh, I, I watch Evo, but I don't really watch any other fighting tournament stuff. Um, and... I don't get all of the jokes for Dive Kick, but I get a, a decent amount of them. And then just the idea that it is this simplified thing uh, at least like lowers the barrier to entry for me. And then it's put right back up when you have people who can analyze this uh, easier. Frame by frame. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, so I'm still, I still don't know anything about frames or anything about... Uh, Where's AJ when you need him? Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll get AJ on to talk about Dive Kick at some point. Um, but it is it is a pretty cool game, um, and 
I wouldn't say the Vita is the definitive version of it, but it's it's a cool version, especially if you want to have something local multiplayer that you can take with where uh, take with you anywhere. That's kind of a cool thing. Um, but that's about it when it comes to Vita. Um, so I think uh, we might just jump right into iOS, if that's cool with you guys. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, I, I did put out the call uh, on Twitter uh, for people to, to write in their, their favorite iOS games of the year. Uh, just because, you know, with the 3DS and with the Vita, those are systems that I can see release dates week by week. Uh, they get a little bit more fanfare when a game's going to come out for it. But iOS, just so much stuff comes out. Yeah, it's like there's just too much sometimes. Yeah, it's absolutely You just don't impossible. know what's a Candy Crush and what's a uh, Sword and Sorcery. Like, what tier of kind of game am I getting? Right. So um, so it's super hard to know, like, that stuff has come out. And what's even harder is it feels like... It, it's really hard for me to determine... Like what games came out this year that I have been playing? Uh, I've got I've got a ton of games on my iPhone, but did that one come out in 2013 or did that come out in 2012? Most people don't care, uh, but when you're having an, a year in review, it's it's kind of important to know that it actually came out in 2013. Uh, there so, are a few though. Yeah, so I did put out the call. Uh, we got a couple responses from uh, two of my friends, both named Brian. Uh, the first one, World Aids, Brian Edelman. Um, he wrote in Super Hexagon, Ridiculous Fishing, Badland, uh, Sonic 1? Sonic, Sonic 1. I can't remember if Sonic 1 was a was a 2013 game. I, even so, it's a port. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, a game called Inclusion that I've never heard of. Uh, Space Team, which was definitely a 2012 game. Draw Something, which was definitely 2012 or maybe even 2011. And Infinity Blade 1 and 2, which were both also not this year. Um, Super Hexagon, I'm pretty sure that came out in 2012 as well. Or at least the iOS version did. Yeah, I think so. Other versions came out this year. Uh, and heard then, nothing but grace for that game, so I'm <laughs> sure it's awesome. Our other friend, Brian Glenn, uh, wrote in also Super Hexagon, also Ridiculous Fishing, also Badland. Uh, and then he put in Year Walk, Device 6, Leighton Brothers... Uh, a Ride into the Mountains, Pivot, and Strata. Uh, a couple of those games I'd never heard of before, or I'd heard of but hadn't actually downloaded. Uh, so I went back and, and played a few of those last night just to make sure uh, that I was covering all my bases. Uh, Strata, uh, just to kind of go through some of these pretty quickly, Strata is another one of those kind of minimalist puzzle games. Um, this is one where you kind of uh, lace things over the top of a grid and are trying to make sure that the top thing, the top lace, is the right color of the square that's on the bottom. Um, it's it's a lot harder to explain than it is to just look at. Uh, I am looking at it right now, because uh, I have my iPhone right with me, and that, that looks like my kind of ish. Yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's a cool little puzzle game. It gets progressively much harder, uh, but if, if you're a fan of games like Picross and, uh, and, and those kind of more minimalist games... Uh, this is another one that's right up that alley. Uh, so Strat is pretty cool. Uh, I played some of Pivot last night. Man, that game is hard as hell. Uh, it, you're kind of on this track, uh, and you have the, there's a ball that's on this, this wavy line track, but you don't play as the ball. You play as kind of this this shadow that hangs around it. It's almost like you're, you're skiing behind the ball. 
and you need to... It, it only has two quote-unquote buttons. You press the left side of the screen to uh, rotate uh, counterclockwise and then uh, the right side of the screen to rotate clockwise. And you're just trying to avoid these different obstacles that kind of show up in the wake. And uh, that game... That game just keeps a death counter the whole time. And mm-hmm. it just... It's it's demoralizing. I did play a little bit of this. It's minimalistic, and actually it's, yeah, quite fun. Yeah, I I was having a ton of fun until I kept throwing out expletives, and then I got (laughs) to the end of the first, I don't know what you call it, level, I guess, uh, the first long chain of whatever you play. and It's It's a a bit like a... Groove Coaster? Yeah, it's one. a lot like Groove Coaster. But not without, without the tapping or the dodging right. aspect. It, it's not so musically based. There, there is music yeah. that kind of corresponds to the things you're going through, but it's not so... You're not making the music or you're not helping the music at all. You're just kind of going through it. Um, but yeah, that game said, hey, well done, you died 114 times. And I said, yeah, fuck you. That was... I don't <laughs> want to play this anymore. Uh, I'll probably end up playing more later, though. Um... A Ride Into the Mountains is a really cool story-based, uh, I wouldn't say story-based, but it's a it's a game that focuses a little bit more on story. Uh, if you like a game that is, uh, that has kind of the, the tone of a Shadow of the Colossus or a Sword and Sorcery, this game is, is a lot closer to that. Uh, it focuses a little bit more on uh, the actual mechanics of the game than a Sword and Sorcery does. Uh, you're just a boy on a horse, and it's all pixels, and uh, the only, the, the things you can do are shoot arrows. That, that's what you do. There is a, you can tap on the screen to go into a focus mode that allows you to shoot arrows slightly better, uh, but it's just shooting arrows at these different enemies that come on screen, and uh, it's, it's a game where you kind of form a relationship with the horse that you're riding on, and... <laughs> You, you just keep playing it. I didn't get all the way through. I don't know what else that game does, but um, it starts out looking just like it's going to be some side-scrolling game that uh, that you're just shooting these arrows on, and then it changes perspective, and then it's a top-down game, and then it changes perspective again, and it, um, it kind of reinvents itself uh, with every couple levels. And uh, I found it pretty enjoyable. Uh, I can't imagine it would be a very long game. Uh, or have a ton of replay value, but it is at least at least something that you should look into and, and see if it's something that you'd like because it it just looks so cool. Um, kind of going back onto the ports, uh, Drop Chord for iOS, uh, Drop Chord made by Double Fine. We had a show on that on Gamers on the Go with uh, its creator Patrick Hackett. Um, it first came out for the PC on the Leap controller. Uh, and, and and so that's kind of why it's it's a port. Came out much later on on iOS. They both came out this year though, um, and and that's just that's a really well done music game that has some some cool features in it. And uh, I think the iOS version is makes that a lot more available to people because there aren't there aren't that many people out there with <laughs> motion controller. Uh, so something something to consider. But that's uh, that's a really cool visual and aural feast uh, of a game and uh, and very puzzly and, and uh, score-based and, and pretty cool. Um, anybody else have something they want to mention? I've got two uh, more, but... 
I got one quick one. Plants vs. Zombies 2 came out this year. All right. As a free-to-play iOS exclusive for, I don't know, if has it come out on PC at all yet or uh, Android or anything else? Not quite sure, but I know I know that some people weren't too happy with the free-to-play nature of it. It's all right. It makes you go back to levels, and it adds a bit of a twist, an extra challenge to it. So I think the problem is, like, one, it's going back and just playing the same boards again, even though there's an added uh, difficulty uh, like a handicap or something, like only use 20 suns the whole uh, way, you know, the entire uh, map or board. And uh, it just draws itself out a little bit. Uh, I didn't really, I played a lot the first week it came out and then kind of forgot about it. Now, when you're, for a game like that, I didn't play much of the first game. And <clears throat> I. There's a part of me that wants to go in and play the second one because uh, it's it's new, it's free, it's uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'd say this is a game like Angry Birds that it's a game that has been done before. Okay. Tower defense is nothing new, but its uh, art style and uh, conversely, its markability is like very unique and distinct, uh, and that's part of the charm to it. Okay. So uh, yeah. I'd say if you want something, this is free. And if you have a, an iPhone, it works well on iPhone. A little small, though. So I'd, I'd probably, if you have an iPad, play it on that. I'm uh, more like I need to get an iPad. Yeah, same here. I just, you know, they're so fucking expensive. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, if you haven't played the first one, that one's really cheap and is on everything, too. Uh, and if you don't want that free-to-play model of having to go back, uh, you need keys to unlock certain doors. You either pay for the key with real money. Uh, or you buy space bucks and then pay with your space bucks. Sure. Uh, but uh, then, or you find the keys as you go along in the levels. And you will find tons of keys as you go along. Uh, you'll run into, like, this randomly generated Yeti. If you defeat him, you get a treasure chest and see there are a lot of jewels or a lot of keys or something like that. So, it, like, all in all, it's still a fun game. It has that sense of humor and that, uh, like, different zombie types come out and they're all kooky and weird and funny and goofy. So, yeah, it still has that charm. And uh, considering it's free, it's awesome. But if they had just done, like, uh, like a $3 game, no one would have shamed them. Sure. Or even a $5 iOS game, I think they probably... I, I don't know the logistics of free-to-play models, like... Uh, are they expecting more money with free-to-play, probably? So, uh, it's good. Cool. Uh, I got one. Star Command came out this year. Yeah, uh, wasn't that something you kickstarted? Yeah, I, I backed the PC version of it. I missed my chance to back the mobile version. Mm. Um, so they they the story of that game is more interesting than the game, I think. Um, but the game is actually really freaking good. Uh, another one that's probably better on iPad, and uh, I, I stopped playing it on my phone because I thought it would be better on like an iPad or the PC version I backed, but it's still worth checking out. Uh, they kickstarted a mobile version of the game, Android and iPhone. Um, let's see, I think that was, it was a long time ago. It was a thing, but they only got like $40,000 for it, which was, you know, several percentages above what, what they were asking but that still wasn't enough so they decided hey how can we get more money from people and they uh, kickstarted the PC version to get some more that one succeeded very well and they finished up the development of the mobile version of that game 
I think it was back in March of this year. I'm not too sure. Maybe like February, early this year. And it's basically, imagine a more personality-driven FTL with a very structured storyline. And that's kind of it. And it's, it's, it's really, really, really well done. But it's, it has a lot going for it just to be on a touchscreen, I think. Sure. With, uh, with only your big old fat finger to interface with it. But uh, if you have an iPad, I would check that game out, absolutely. I didn't play it. I don't think I played it too much on my iPad when I had one before I sold it. Um, but, yeah, that's coming out on PC. That's that's a great game. I, I was looking through the list of games. I don't really play very many games on my iPhone, actually. Um, in fact, the only ones that were released this year that I played were Squares, which is another, uh, another really good puzzle game, and Star Command. Okay. Squares is a really good one, and it has a its its biggest feature is it just has really good sound. Um, like, let's see, uh, I was looking at my phone. Sorry. Um, it's basically a game where you connect the dots, and it has really good sound, and it's just kind of a, a zen game to zone out to for a little bit. But it does have some like free to play quirks, you know. Hey, hey, buy more turns for this much, or just wait. Mm-hmm. Um, has a few quirks like that, but nothing like it gives you three hundred levels for free, and you're you don't ever have to wait any amount of time before you can play another one. There's like power ups that have cooldowns, but you never really use them. Um, definitely a one worth checking out, though. I'd highly recommend it. Okay. But as as far as I mean, my best game for iOS or just mobile in general, uh, not in general, but for like your phones, best phony type game you can play is definitely Star Command. That is that that is some meat to it. I would play that game. My my problem with Star Command uh, is I've seen some of that be played, and I think that's cool. And I think when when you mention when you talk about it, you you kind of almost have to talk about FTL, uh, even even just to tell people kind of what this game is about. I love FTL, um, <laughs> and I talk <laughs> about Rogue Legacy being one of my uh, favorite, uh, one of my most anticipated games for next year. Um, I think that iPad version of FTL that's also supposed to be coming out uh, might might be up there too. Uh, it might be why I buy an iPad. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. God damn, I want to play some FTL, and and I feel like you made me want to play some FTL right now. <laughs> that's almost a slight. It feels like a slight against Star Command, which I'm sure is a really well done game, but it just makes me want to play FTL every time I look at it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And comparing it to FTL is kind of bogus because FTL is a roguelike, and this right. one is a very storyline-driven game. But the idea of kind of you being this awkward ship in space and interacting with things like that and very explorey type, yeah. that's that's where it gets its comparisons. But I I think it, it it's really good if you maybe just go in without knowing these things. Sure. It is a very unfair comparison. Uh, do you know how much Star Command is on the App Store? I guess I can look it up, but... Uh, I mean, it varies. I think it may be three bucks, okay, or maybe five bucks. Yeah. It's an iPhone game. You can pay for it just by blinking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's three dollars right now, uh, and and that seems like that's not that much money for a game that could be really cool uh, yeah. if you give it a chance. Um, so so awesome, um, yep. Matt. When you were talking about uh, Plants vs Zombies and talking about how. You know, it's it's tower defense. It's not really anything fantastic or new. 
Uh, that made me think about probably my favorite iOS game that came out this year, uh, which is Kingdom Rush Frontiers. Uh, the the first Kingdom Rush came out last year and yeah, it was originally a browser game before that. And great game. I, I played through all of that. I don't think I got. I don't think I quite got all of the stars, uh, but I I definitely did play everything that game had to offer. And then in July of this year, Frontiers came out, and I only remember that because it's when I right about when I started my new job, and uh, <laughs> I feel like that game. Uh, got close to getting me fired pretty early. Just <laughs> playing that game a whole hell of a lot. It's like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Let's play a little Kingdom Hearts Frontiers. I probably should be doing something else, but gotta play it. Um, it's it, it feels it feels like a sequel in that there's a lot of different stuff. Uh, you get all new uh, towers. You have all new heroes. The heroes are now upgradable. Uh, instead of uh, in the first Kingdom Rush, they would upgrade through the course of a level and then they would lose all that and you'd have to do it you'd have to start fresh each time but with this there's some persistence to it uh that they gain some experience levels and then they're able to have these skills that you uh can upgrade and level up and and learn a little bit more about how your hero is going to work uh which i found Mm. awesome um the the new towers really change up the way that you have your strategy in the original Kingdom Rush, one of my big strategies was to put out uh, a layer of uh, these knights who would who could soak up a ton of damage, and then behind them have a group of barbarians who'd be able to throw their axes. So you you kind of have this big united front of of dudes that could soak up a bunch of ground people, but then the uh, the barbarians who could throw axes would also hit those flyers. And in this game, there there's no ground unit that could hit a flying unit. So it, it, you have to figure out new ways of of trying to combat those things, and it's really inventive. Uh, it doesn't the things they do so many things that are new, but then they also do things that are very familiar. Uh, a lot of the sounds are just taken straight from the first game. Um, the the enemies are all new, but many of them work exactly the same way as old enemies do. Uh, but it's just it's more Kingdom Rush. It's it's new it's new maps. It's a ton of great stuff, um, and it's a game that you you do pay for. I, I think it's I think it's three to five bucks. Uh, but it it has it does have some microtransactions that you can do in the game. But it's really good about not not pushing that on you. At all. Um, but it's a game where I actually wanted to give them more money. For, for making a game that <laughs> sucked up so much of my time. Uh, so I ended up buying a few of the extra heroes. And I ended up buying them, you know, after I'd already beaten the game and finished the game uh, and was just looking for something more to do. And when you buy a new hero, uh, that gives you an opportunity to grind his level up to max. So it was just another reason to keep playing some of that game. And uh, and just, man, I played so much of it. That's, uh, without a doubt, the the game that came out on iOS this year, it's the game I played the most. Uh, Drop 7 is, I probably still played more Drop 7 than anything else, but that's just because it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, didn't come out this year, so can't can't really talk about it. Um, so Kingdom Rush, Kingdom Rush Frontiers, really just kind of a refinement of the series, but... Um, it's because they changed so many things, especially with the towers, it makes both games viable. 
I'll still go back and play the original Kingdom Rush just because it's a different experience than playing the the new one. So uh, so I I thought that was really awesome. Um, Brian, the both of the Brian's mentioned ridiculous fishing, and and I would absolutely agree with that statement. Uh, another great game by Vlambeer. Um, and uh, it was just it was a nice simple concept. Uh, did you either of you guys play Ridiculous Fishing? No, I missed the train for that one. I was just like, meh. Yeah, looks neat. Uh, don't really care either way. Sure. Yeah. I, it was for the game that you get. It feels a little expensive, um, but it's it's just such a well made game that I feel like it's worth the price. And and when you're mm-hmm. talking about expensive on iOS, again, it's like three three to five bucks. That, that's you know that's all right. It doesn't break the bank still, but right. yeah. Uh, but just so spoiled by that. Yeah, because, yeah exactly. We we are in a weird society of mm. of how much things should cost. Um, so, it, but it is it is a really well done game, especially art style wise. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. The upgrades are are interesting uh, in the ways that you do things. And my favorite feature of that, they have this whole uh, Twitter uh, fake Twitter thing. I forgot exactly what it's called, um, but. It's uh, it's 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 Twitter. There are, there are people, in game people who are just chatting with each other, and the more you check that, you'll you'll see these in jokes that start to pop up, and uh, mm. they'll comment if you buy like a new reel. Somebody will make a comment to you, and uh, all of it's just within the game. Uh, I don't even think there's a way to to tweet any of that stuff out like a like you can in something like Sword and Sorcery. Um, but it was, it's just such a stupid, fun feature, uh, to just see all this dialogue that just gets tossed into this game in this, in this just little side portion that you could skip over completely. Um, and then, uh, we should probably talk a little bit about, uh, two of the, uh, probably best, and if not best, at least most important iOS games of this year. And those are the two games made by uh, Samogo Games, which are Year Walk and Device 6. Have either of you played either of these games? No, I'm needing to get around to playing Device 6. I uh, just haven't really bought it yet or had time to play it. Mm-hmm. I've heard nothing but really interesting things about it, though. I have not played this game. Uh, well, Year Walk is the one they came out with first, and it's... I wouldn't call it a survival horror game. But there, it's definitely very tense and has a lot of things uh, in common with some horror games. Uh, I am a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, some might call it uh, being a little bitch, <laughs> but I, I'm fine with that. Uh, that's that's just how I feel. Um, so I, I never really started playing it uh, until just recently, but I'd heard the praise. It's a, it's a game where really you're just exploring and walking around. Uh, these are games where you want to put your headphones on because they have a ton of really great ambient sound. And with Device 6, or with, uh, with Year Walk, you're just walking through this snowy forest and you're, you're just exploring. The game doesn't hold your hand at all. It just puts you out there. And you just kind of have to solve these puzzles and it's it's a game that um, it's a it's one of those kinds of games where you'll have a pad of paper with you 
and you'll just start writing down little notes. And I was never one of the people who played Metroid and made graphs of all the maps and things like that. So with Year Walk, yeah, I'll be writing down the little symbols that are here, or here's a puzzle where, okay, left, right, both, both, left, left. And you just, you know, I, I don't know what this code is going to be used for, but I know that it's important. And maybe I'll find something else where this code will go. And uh, it's been it's been fascinating. And it has a couple jump scares that have have made me not want to play it anymore. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to get through it uh, because it is such a such a cool game. And the coolest part is they have this companion app that comes along with it that you don't necessarily need to play the game, but it has the, the Samogo guys have partnered with this, um, mythology, uh, anthropologist, uh, who knows all of this mythology about, um, these old Scandinavian, um, creatures and, and tales and stories. Um, and the compendium companion app will have, just it, it's not super long, but it's just these short entries about you know what these what these creatures, these mythological creatures, really were, what they were meant to do. Most of them were just to scare kids into being good kids or to stay away from the river. Like there's a there's a horse that uh, I think it's called the pale horse that is is just thought to be this horse that uh, goes around in the river, lives in the river, and you'll it, kids would see its reflection and then the horse would just drag them in and drown them. Um, that's horrifying. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, Hey kids don't play by the river because the pale horse will drown you. Uh, so that's how you keep a kid out of the river. Mm. But, uh, but this game just takes them and makes them real. And, uh, there would also be a thing that, you know, there would be these babies that, uh, in, in this time that, you know these babies who weren't wanted or uh, couldn't couldn't be fed, and instead of, of trying to care for them, they'd just be abandoned. They'd be taken to the woods and left to die, or they'd be killed outright. And these the, the spirits of these dead babies kind of go around the forest. And then it's also known that the pale horse was was there to take care of those dead children as well. Uh, so there's there's a puzzle in the game where you find these dead children babies and oh, man. bring them to the pale horse in the river and he gives you you know one of the things that you'll need for the next puzzle you find uh, and it's creepy as shit and full of tension and amazing uh, so it's it's a game you need to play in the dark, it's a game you need to play with your headphones on and it's just it's eerie and it's fantastic and even for somebody who is such a scaredy cat like me, it is totally worth playing. Uh, and then they made Device 6, right? Pretty much right after that. It, it really wasn't that long before Device 6 came out after. And it's similar in that it's uh, not, I mean, it's not something you're going to be replaying multiple times. or You're not going for a high score or anything. But it's a, it's a story that needs to be explored. And the cool thing they do with Device 6 is that the text that you're reading will follow the story. So uh, you, you're this woman who wakes up in this castle mansion place, and you're kind of exploring the mansion and trying to figure out ways of getting into different rooms and uh, trying to kind of get out. 
and not understanding what's going on. And But there will be a time where you come to a door and it opens up and there are two paths. And the story, the, the words will actually split into two. And if you go through the left path, you'll read the left path story. And then you can come back to the middle and go down the right path. And uh, as you're moving the text with the touchscreen, you're, you're hearing the ambient sounds of footsteps. Or if it says, you know, she opened the door, when you pass by that text, you'll hear the door opening. And uh, the puzzles that are in that game are very subtle. And you'll, you'll, go, through a, uh, you'll go through a room and there will be a painting that... You know, they, they, they'll just mention that there's a painting there, and they'll mention what's on the painting, and you'll, you'll just feel like, oh, this is some kind of flavory thing that they're telling me just to get me a feel of ambiance. And then you get to a place where you're stuck, and you'll hear some recording that's giving you this riddle. And you'll go, oh, wait, that was, was that the painting? And you can go scroll all the way back through that, that text to get back to that room, and you go, oh yeah, that was that painting. I can I can use it. It actually has a code in there, and and it's it's pretty interesting. Um, it's a game that that makes me feel both very smart and very dumb. Uh, when I can get one of the puzzles uh, immediately, I feel great. But then uh, there are other times where they they tease you a little bit and and kind of give you some information, but then just undercut you and go, yeah, well, we were kind of kidding about that. Uh, but it's it's done in a really again very tension filled way. Uh, this game is less scary than than Year Walk. There aren't going to be any uh, big jump scares, but it is it is an interesting kind of fascinating game that has this exploration element with the with the castle that you're going around. But then it also feels very feels very much like old spy movies too, just in the way that this information is laid out. Um, that there are schematics for these um, for these gadgets that feel very early James Bond style, um, and and apparent I haven't gotten far enough to see how they intersect quite yet, but I, I feel like there's going to be something about this castle having to do with the uh, the gadgets and and other spy kind of stuff that's going on around, and, and something's going to happen in between those. But uh, they're both absolutely fantastic games that uh, I think show off the iPhone in a way that other games don't. Um, like, I mean, I love Kingdom Rush, but Kingdom Rush is not, it's not a very unique game. And, and Gear Walk and Device 6 are very unique games. Uh, and and I, I think if, if we're talking about games that are very important to iOS and, and are showcases of what that thing can do. So a game like when we talk about Sword and Sorcery and how awesome that is, that uh, these are the games that are going to be remembered for a while as as games that you know. Oh, have you not played those yet? You you absolutely need to, and that'll be years down the line. Yeah, I definitely need to play Device Six. Uh, Your walk sounds very creepy, and I really, I, yeah, I have to be in the right mood for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So those those are the ones that I definitely want to mention. Uh, I can't really think of a whole lot more. Um, like Tilt to Live Two came out just somewhat recently, and I really? I loved the original Tilt to Live. Mm. I don't really like this one. They changed up a lot of the the weapons, and it's it's not nearly as fun. Uh, we got a port of Skulls of the Shogun. Uh, oh yeah, 
and I I have yet to play that game. I've been told by multiple people that hey, you like Advance Wars, hey, you like Fire Emblem. This game is kind of like that in the way that it's very tactical and turn-based, and I should really give it a shot. Uh, I just haven't yet. Um, but those are the games I can I can think of anyway. Uh, anything else from you guys? Uh, no, I, like I said, just uh, Plants vs. Zombie 2 was the one I put the most time into. Uh, but a lot of catching up on iOS. Cool. Nothing else from me. All right. Well, uh, I think we've gotten to the point in the show where we have pretty much covered everything we need to cover. Um, so Hold on. We didn't cover best game ever. That's <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> I think that's where we kind of get to now. So, uh, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, what I'd like for you to do... Um, we don't necessarily need to figure out what the best game ever this year is, but I'd at least be interested to, to hear what your personal picks are for, for your favorite handheld games of this year. Um, does anybody uh, feel like starting? Just I, I was uh, about, I like, you know, your, your, top, okay. your top three. What do you got? By all means, Zach. Uh, oh, top three. That's, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> Let's see. So, I mean, number one is Animal Crossing. I haven't put that much time into a mobile game in years. So, I mean, that's just, it's so fun to play and I love it. Number two, um, oh God, uh, Spelunky on Vita. That's definitely one that I sunk a lot of time into kind of around, I was doing a lot of traveling with like packs and work and all that stuff. So that was, uh, that was a blast just to kind of master that game over the course of the few weeks. And the daily challenges have been added to that now, too, uh, which I thought was a really cool feature of, uh, I think, for the PC version, Steam version, they've had that for a while. But now it just came to Vita, so you can play uh, those really cool daily challenges, too. My God, I did not know that. Um, <laughs> so I'll be playing that again pretty soon. And another good Vita game. Oh, God. I just realized how little I don't play mobile games. Thanks for having me on your show, Chase. Um, no problem. Always great. Uh, Hotline Miami for Vita is great. That's just a good way to experience yeah. that game. Yep. Do that. Those are my three. That's totally fair. Um, Matt, uh, Matt, are you good or you want me to go? Uh, hold on one second. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. Okay. Not a problem. We can stop. Just two seconds. Yeah. All right, sorry about that. Where were we? That's all right. We got uh, some really cool door foley work right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, old doors. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, top three games of the year. Yeah. Um, what do you got? Handheld. So, uh, like Zach, I did not play a, a hell of a lot, but the games that I have played are definitely game of the year material. Uh, but I'm going to just make it two games because they're clearly the best one. I'll give a special nod to SteamWorld Dig. That would be like my number three okay. uh, game of the year. It's worth we're checking out. A little short, but uh, all in all, very nice uh, experience for what you get and what you pay for. Uh, number uh, number two definitely is Zelda Link Between Worlds. I'm still playing through it, but it as of what I played, it is definitely a uh, full-fledged Zelda game. The first top-down with the uh, original controls, none of the touchscreen stuff of uh, Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks. And uh, it plays a little to uh, nostalgia, 
but it doesn't pry upon it. So I definitely uh, recommend, even if you've never played a Zelda game, get A Link Between Worlds. Uh, clearly, the number one game of the year is uh, Space Harrier 3D. <laughs> For, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to say this now because this would be the Space Harrier honorary uh, memorial list because it is a game that came out way, way back in the 80s. Uh, but it's out on uh, the eShop right now. You should definitely pick it up. It yeah, is one of the best uh, ports of a game, period. Yeah. Uh, one of the best games ever. Sega has been doing a really great job with those uh, those kind of like 3D classics. I forgot exactly how they're calling them. but, um, but Just like 3D. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like they, are, they aren't just virtual console games. They are upgraded to add in the 3D functionality. They, they're pretty lovingly crafted, all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like, from Sega's point of view, that they'd like to make more. They just need to see that they would make good business sense. Well, I'm buying Space Area. I'm going to buy Sonic because that's Sonic and Portable yeah. Sonic. Wherever I go, that's that's just that's amazing. Uh, and also Streets of Rage and Shinobi when it comes out. Shinobi Three. Uh, Streets of Rage was definitely the one I was thinking that I, I definitely wanted uh, at the very huh. least, and I'll look into a lot of those other ones too. Probably get Super Hang On eventually. Like it's not one of my favorite games, and sure. can't you're not riding a bike, unfortunately, but. <laughs> Maybe it'll help me get Outrun, and yeah. that'd be amazing. Uh, not going to get Ultra Beast. That, that game's just garbage. Uh, but for my real number one game of the year, it's obviously Fire Emblem Awakening. I mean, I've spent over 100 hours playing this game. It's, like I said, would have been the swan song to Fire Emblem the series, but it did so well that they're not going to stop making them, obviously. Uh, yeah, it is pretty much a game that is just for strategy nuts like me that just want... Uh, just a very ro- kind of a time robust, but easy enough to get into battle system with just so many other options and ways to play it. It is by far the best game you can get for the 3DS this year. And one of the best games, period. Well, Matt, you, you kind of stole my thunder. <laughs> I know. It's better than Brothers, but you should still play <laughs> Brothers, too. That's, uh, that's totally fair. Um, all right. So, yeah, my top three, it's going to sound pretty similar. Um, this one, this one won't though. Uh, Kingdom Rush Frontiers. I put so much time into that game. Uh, it's it's just really well done. I had a great time. Uh, that that game's going to be one I continue to play for uh, years uh, down the line. They actually just put out some DLC, free DLC, a free update for both Kingdom Rush Frontiers and the original Kingdom Rush. Uh, so now there are even more stars to collect, uh, and some of those things are really really hard, and that's awesome. Uh, so I, I'm just having a great time with that. Number two, uh, same as Zach's, uh, same as uh, Matt's. It's it's Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Link Between what else Worlds. could it be? Link Between Worlds is just a, such a well done Zelda game, uh, and it, it fixed all my hangups with the with the other Zelda games. And it's actually made me want to go back and play previous games. It makes me want to go back and finish Link's Awakening. It makes me want to go back and and start Link to the Past all over again. You really need to play Link's Awakening. It, it makes me even want to try more of the 3D Zelda games. I have Wind Waker. Uh, I have Ocarina of Time 3D that I didn't get very far in. You should be playing all these. I know I should. You should have played all these. <laughs> no, I know. It makes me want to borrow my uh, my friend's copy, my coworker's copy of Skyward Sword, because uh, I, I don't have Wii Motion Plus on any of my controllers, so that was just never a thing I even thought to buy. Uh, but it seems like it's worth it. It is. Just go grab one. But but for some reason, I just feel like none of them are going to give me the great experience that I had with uh, with uh, Link Between Worlds. Link to the Past, man. Just start from scratch. <laughs> um, no guides. 
Yeah. You don't need them. All right. All right. And then, and then my top one, it, yeah, it's it's Fire Emblem. Uh, Fire Emblem is is not just my favorite 3DS game of this year. It's not just my favorite handheld game of this year. It's not just my favorite game of this year. It might be one of my favorites, if not my favorite game of all time. Uh, wow, now that's that's some thunder. I've, I've, I mean, hey, I've put in 500 hours. Mm-hmm. And I still can't wait to go back and start up another playthrough of that game. It is such a well-crafted game. And if, if like, stories, like, I'm going to pull a chase right here. It sounds a little, this story sounds a little too Japanese-y for you. <laughs> like, guy has an amnesia. Uh, yeah. Foreshadowing in the beginning, you might be a bad guy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just ignore the beginning stuff of the story. It really, like, there's some, just, like, hefty stuff that goes on in that uh main game story that uh, keeps it silly in the right right spots, like I said before, and keeps it serious in the right spots as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the main story is fine, but the cooler the cooler things are just the side stories that pop up. It's, yep, uh, it's relationships that are built through your characters. Uh, I, I think the actual combat is just so well done, and even it's it just expanded upon from previous Fire Emblem games. It feels like it takes a lot of the best things from previous ones and and then adds even some new things. I think the pairing up of units is awesome. Uh, when I go in and play any map, I will always have people completely paired up so they share the same space because uh, I just I find that to be a real advantage in battle. And I just like the idea that, hey, these two people uh, that I've played with in this game have gotten so close that they got married, they had a kid, of course I'm going to have them paired up and, and fight together. And even though, even if somebody falls in battle and I know that I'm playing on casual mode and I know that he's just going to be there when I when I start up the next map, like I, I feel a little something. It's like, oh no, they go! How'd they kill Donald, that those motherfuckers? <laughs> um, Damn it, Donald, I do everything <laughs> for you. Why won't you level up? I just need to get you to 10 and then it'll be a breeze. But it is, it's a game that has just captured captured me captured me completely mm-hmm. um, yeah it is and it's been on sale recently as low as 15 bucks if yeah. you have a 3ds and have not picked it up you are a fool pick up this game absolutely maybe it'll get you into strategy games which is a good thing <laughs> yeah you need to think there were some good strategy games this year but the yeah. tough one is fire emblem awakening mm-hmm. um I, I mean zach you you said some great ones there are some really great ports uh, like I, I talked about how much i love muramasa rebirth and and hotline miami that's a game that you know, I had the Steam version, but I never got to... I, I just didn't like playing with keyboard and mouse. And Just get a controller. <laughs> I got a controller. It's called a Vita. <laughs> Bam! Can, can, I, can I say one thing about the Vita analog nubs? They're yeah. not that good. Uh, They're not that good. They're a little small. Have Have you played a PSP? I have. Oh, oh man. It's got a, you. They are <laughs> <laughs> they are a huge jump uh, over the PSP. In fact, Circle pad, yes, it is. But it's just, I think my my little thumbs just slide off too easily off these little little nubs. Uh, and I don't know. I like the Circle Pad a little better on the DS. You know, it's not the same as the Vita, but and I got to give up yeah. one honorary uh, honorary uh, award, props, whatever uh, to Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. A game, <laughs> a game that didn't come out this year because um, it came out for the PSP a long time ago. It came out for Xbox and PlayStation Three in the HD collection, 
Uh, last Spent year? another 75 hours on that one? No, I totally did. Uh, and the, all they did was just put the uh, put the game on Vita's PSN so you can download it. It's not a new version of the game. It's not high definition. It's just the PSP game. But I downloaded it, and the Vita has uh, has the option, the ability to uh, map the uh, buttons to the second analog stick. So now I can play uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker the way I've always wanted to play it, on the go and with two analog sticks. You know what, Chase? For you, whenever I get a Vita, whenever that happens, the first game I buy will be Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker oh, on the PSN so Right? That I'll is, do that for you. That warms right? my heart. And then you should buy Tearaway. Uh, yes, then I'll buy Tearaway. But first, I feel, uh, I feel so bad leaving Tearaway out of my top four. Uh, it's a really cool game. I, it's a game I'll just I, add it there. I, I feel like it's a game that I will um, that I will play yearly. And just, Make it tied for your number three. How about that? Sure, sure, <laughs> absolutely. It was just it was a twelve way tie for my third place game. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I want to thank you two gentlemen for coming on here. Uh, I'd like for you to, to be able to talk about your plugs um, and, and talk about all the stuff that you're doing. Matt, you just had uh, a live show uh, for Shuffled uh, last night, so would you yes. like to tell some people more about that? Well, I'm doing live shows occasionally. Uh, it just makes it easier to record and everything. I usually do it every other week on a Friday or Saturday night. And uh, you can find more at surrealpop.com. Uh, just search Shuffled or Twitter.com slash SerialPop. Or follow me on Twitter, Jiggysan, uh, G-I-G-G-Y-S-A-N. I usually tweet out the link beforehand or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you can check out Shuffled. It's also a podcast you can find in the iTunes store. It goes up every other Wednesday. I've been trying to get back on schedule. And uh, it's just music, tons of music. I just played my top 13 tracks for 2013. I put uh, one of the tracks from... Uh, Link Between Worlds is one of my background Very nice. uh, tracks. It's the uh, Ice Ruins, uh, that glass harmonica I used. Yeah. Uh, in that. Just, oh, man, that's such a great. When I heard that song, I was just like, man, this is perfect for a dungeon <laughs> theme. Oh, that's such a good dungeon too. Damn it, now i got to go play. <laughs> and, uh, and Zach, you've been, uh, doing, you've been doing some streaming yourself? Yeah, I am working on a lot of stuff right now, but... Mainly, you can watch me stream most aspects of my life, just kidding, just video games, at <laughs> zfleeman.com slash broadcast. It's just my Twitch feed embedded into a website I made, so just do that. And and you've been playing You've been playing Link to the Past. You play, you've been playing some Diablo. Do you have anything else that you know of that you might be streaming soon? Um, well, see, a lot of my dumb friends are back from their... Uh, like college, they're basically coming home from the holidays. Sure. Uh, so we're going to be streaming maybe a lot of local multiplayer couch co-op stuff. I'm thinking about a Smash Brothers day. I don't know. Ooh, awesome. So just keep, yep. Just be sure to stay tuned to my Twitter, which is Z Fleeman, and I'll be tweeting out a whole bunch of stuff. Absolutely awesome. Uh, well, I, I want to thank you guys both for coming on. Uh, you guys are, are two of the the better guests that I've had on. Uh, and I'm sure I'll have you on at least a couple more times in 2014. We'll see. We definitely have yeah. that Metroid Prime Hunters show going on now. <laughs> sounds like you play Fusion, I'll play Hunters. <laughs> okay. We'll find out what is the best portable Metroid game. We'll do a double digest of, of Metroid. 
Uh, I have a feeling you're probably you're probably right. <laughs> you know what? Then we then we ought to play the uh, the Return of Samus for Game Boy. Oh man, that would be <laughs> yeah, that one is. Uh, uh, it's all right. I, I'm sure it'll be a fine. Game it's all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, plugs for Gamers on the Go. You can go to gamersonthego.com and that'll take you right to our Tumblr page to to see these episodes and more. Um, Game, uh, GOTG Podcast is the is the Twitter. And uh, gotgpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to write in uh, of suggestions for your own games that you'd like to uh, like to hear us talk about here. Um, I want to thank you guys for uh, thank you all listeners for for listening uh, to me here. We've uh, gone for a year and a half, two years now, I think, and uh, I've been putting together some some fun shows, especially in these in these recent uh, recent months. We've gotten some really cool guests on. And I hope to continue that. Um, there are lots of cool games that are coming out next year that I'm excited to talk about. I have a big list of games that came out in the past that I'm still really excited about. Uh, and then I've, I've got a, a, a decent amount of friends here that, um, that are willing to come in and talk with me about, about these awesome games. And, uh, it's been my pleasure bringing it to you. So, uh, bringing this 2013 to a close, uh, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.